Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Tuesday, January 24th. It is a massive Tuesday here for the Ice Guys show. Of course, our daily live show starting right now, breaking down a huge 11-game Tuesday night NHL card. Looking forward. A lot of opinions I've got on this board tonight, so hopefully things will be for the better and profitable night ahead. Uh, looking forward to that. And, of course, our live betcast tonight at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. First live betcast of 2023 Great night to have one. There's a lot of good games on the card tonight. Uh, and again, it's live betting, commentary. Bring your favorite beverage with you, whatever it is, beer, uh, anything uh, that uh, you, you want. Uh, obviously, it's just got that bar pub atmosphere. It's what we try to bring to the uh, betcast. Just a lot of fun. Shoot the shit. Crack jokes. We had a lot of fun. We were laughing our asses off some of the uh, comments and some of the just back and forth we had on the last betcast. It's just a lot of fun. And the one thing we love doing with the Ice Guys show is making the viewers and listeners feel like they're part of the part of the crew, part of the family, uh, if you will. Uh, and definitely the uh, BetCast. That's why we invite our viewers and our listeners of the show uh, on the BetCast. So, again, if you are interested in joining me, uh, Alex B. Smith, who is uh, not with us right now but plans to be with us tonight during the uh, BetCast, uh, if you want to join us during the BetCast, just uh, send me a DM and I will make sure I send you the link for the BetCast Uh before we start tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. So we're definitely looking forward to that. Hopefully a little more profitable than the last one. The last one, our live bets didn't go as well as I hoped, uh, but hopefully uh, good things on the horizon uh, tonight with the BetCast. Speaking of good things on the horizon, we've got a good special guest on the horizon right now uh, on the uh, Tuesday edition of the Ice Guys. Mikey, you know him well. We've, he's been on a few times before uh, to help us break down the card, and he's back with us filling in for Alex here this afternoon mikey it's good to have you back on the ice guys how are things doing good doing good thanks for letting me join you guys as a guest uh tough shoes to fill with alex but i'm glad to be back on to talk some pucks um and about that bet cast tonight if you guys haven't joined the show before definitely think about it join it uh one good thing about it is tons of live betting opportunities um they can try and cash in on no question about that. And uh, like I say, there's always things that we're looking for. For me, I target, you know, usually a plus price with a team that I think is trailing in the game. that looks like they're playing well enough that they can come back and win. I always like plus prices with live bets, you know, getting totals, specifically overs, where they open six and a half. You know, the game gets off to a bit of a slow start. We get maybe a scoreless, you know, first 10 or 15 minutes. And oftentimes you can get that total drop to five and a half, even sometimes four and a half, and even sometimes three and a half. A live in-game if you get enough, uh, you know, a period of time without a goal. So uh, all the kind of things, you know, we look for and, and try to capitalize and pounce on when it comes to live betting opportunities uh, on the BetCast. So, again, 7 p.m. Eastern, send me a DM if you want to join us on the BetCast tonight. Briefly on uh, last night's card, I wasn't going to bring up last night's card, but I kind of want to talk about last night's card because it was a good night for yours truly and much needed because Sunday was kind of, uh, just, I hated Sunday's card, and the bets I did make it didn't go that well. Uh, but Monday was a whole lot better last night. Uh, the best bet was Florida and the New York Rangers over the total, six and a half. That's now 15 
straight overs with the Panthers and the Rangers head to head. Uh, and a very solid win for the Rangers last night. Uh, a score of uh, six to two. They beat the Panthers. Leafs beat the Islanders 5-2. A little bit of a bad first period it was. Actually, the Islanders outplayed them. And I think Sheldon Keefe, whatever it was, you know, yelling and screaming, kicking garbage cans, whatever the fuck he did uh, in the first intermission, man, it worked. It was a different Leaf team from that point. How about a four-point night for William Nylander? Outstanding performance again from him. Uh, he continues to have a very good season. Baffling, he's not uh, an all-star which tells me all the more reason why I don't get too excited and wrapped up over the all-star game and the all-star weekend. It's just, it's for the fans. It's trying to showcase the sport a little bit, but you know, it's not one of those things where just like, Oh yeah. So excited for the all-star game. That's why we're not doing any fucking shows to be honest with you over the all-star break. I couldn't care less about breaking down the, uh, the skills competition and finding bets to make with that same thing with the all-star game itself. Like, uh, I always say, you know what I do? I say, if you want all-star game analysis, I'll just throw the same shit out there every year. I say, we don't do shows. I always say is if you want to bet this thing, you probably bet overs in the first two games of that little mini tournament they do. And then maybe you bet the under in the final game because with the money on the line, they try to t uh, tighten up defensively. Uh, that's about it. So uh, again, the all-star game, I don't get wrapped up about it. That's That's break time for me. I mean, that's like, peace out, four days away from hockey doing this show. I'm just enjoying it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not just jumping at the uh, 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 jumping at the uh, first chance to uh, talk all-star game. That's for sure. Uh, but Nylander not being on the all-star team definitely was a little bit frustrating and surprising. Uh, frustrating to Leaf fans, I'm sure. Frustrating to everybody. I mean, he's had a good enough season. But nevertheless, he was great last night. Ilya Samsonov was good again last night, too, and the Leafs win 5-2. I had a small bet on the Leafs, an under six and a half combo, which, again, I told you, every under I touch turns to shit. I've said that for years. And sure enough, I, I don't get involved with many unders, and I was on that Toronto and under last night for a little bit. But the bigger bet did cash in that game, which was Toronto in regulation, minus 140. The Sabres, 3-2 in overtime uh, over the Dallas Stars. Uh, just as I said yeah, yesterday, true to the way I was basically talking about the Sabres, on the show yesterday and played out perfectly. We say that there's one specific role. This team has been very good in this year, road underdogs when they're playing an above average or good hockey team. So an above average or better hockey team. And the Sabres have been very good in this spot lately. Another road underdog cash. They've beaten Colorado, Vegas, Boston, Washington, uh, Nashville, and now Dallas. And don't forget they beat Edmonton and Calgary, the two Alberta teams early in the season on the road trip out there when they were big underdogs as well. This is just, this is where, when you bet the Sabres road underdogs, when they're playing, you know, a pretty decent team, they seem to play well in these situations at home. They're mediocre, whether it's a good team or a bad team at home, they're mediocre with their results. When they're at home on the road against a lesser opponent, they're also very mediocre. The Sabres, that's when they tend to lose a little bit, but for some reason on the road, they're a dog. They're not expected to win and they step up. They punch above their weight class when they're playing teams like this on the road. And they did that again last night uh, against the uh, uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, very solid effort from Craig Anderson. And congrats to Craig Anderson in his 40s, reaching his 700th game uh, in the NHL last night. Great accomplishment. And a Sabres, a great goal, by the way. Owen Power. I've got the power. Owen Power getting his first uh, NHL goal of the season and really rewarded for a guy that's, you know, I think continuing to grow and develop as a, as a solid, uh, I think a, ch a chance to be excellent NHL defenseman. I, I mean, if you're a Sabres fan, 
Is his development going maybe as quickly as you'd like? Maybe not, but he's definitely making progress. He's definitely making strides uh, in his game. There's no question. Uh, and it was nice to see him get rewarded on a beautiful feed, beautiful setup from Tage Thompson last night uh, for the overtime game winning goal 3-2. And then the fourth game, Calgary with a 4-3 win against uh, Columbus in overtime in the Johnny Gaudreau Bowl, his return uh, to Calgary. Uh, Alex's best bet was the over in that game at Cashes, and I like the over as well uh, in that game. And the Johnny Gaudreau props, hey, uh, the goal scorer prop was the only one that didn't get it done. That is the only one that didn't come through at plus 275, but talked about how he was going to be looking to shoot the puck a lot more than normal, you know, and make an impact offensively at every a chance. Goudreau and his return to Calgary, and he certainly made good on that. Five shots on goal uh, for Goudreau in the game last night, and he had three to go put that uh, shots on goal prop over the total of two and a half. He had three shots in the first period, including, of course, the penalty shot. Uh, what a way to start that game. Uh, Johnny Goudreau uh, getting a penalty shot very early. Uh, crowd was on him, and of course, he misses the net with the shot. But uh, at the end of the day, Jackets battled, but Jackets, I mean, my gosh, that game, if not for Jonas Corposalo, it could have been 49-25 ended up being the final shots on goal in favor of the Flames. If not for Jonas Corposalo last night, that could have been 7-2 or 7-2. Or it ended 4-3. It could have been 8-3 if not for Jonas Corposalo last night. I mean, Columbus was just an absolute disaster in their own end. I can't believe how many times I saw that team turn the puck over last night in their own zone, right in front of their own goaltender as well, to the point where Corpus Allo slammed his stick on the ice after the first period saying, fuck, fuck you guys, wake up. I mean, you got to start playing a little better and managing the puck better. You're giving it right away right in front of me for crying out loud. Happened a lot last night for Columbus. And again, the only reason they got a point out of that game was the play of their goaltender. Uh, and Calgary gets the uh, four to three victory uh, in overtime, spoiling uh, the return of uh, Johnny Gaudreau, who, Still had a productive game. Like I said, his shots on goal prop that we mentioned on the show yesterday went over. And he also collected an assist and a point uh, or two assists, two points for a good draw in the game. Some nice uh, setups uh, in the second period there for his two points in that game for the uh, Jackets. So solid performance. Great fight, too, with uh, Milan Lucic and Matthew Olivier for the uh, Jackets. Excellent heavyweight scrap. Uh, as well in that game. So it was a very entertaining game. Normally you don't see that with Columbus, but I figured with everything going on, the atmosphere in the arena, Johnny Gaudreau making his return, he'd get a pretty entertaining hockey game. And we did last night between the uh, Jackets and the Flames. Mikey, how was last night for you? And just some thoughts on the uh, four games that took place. Yeah, um, it wasn't a good night as far as shot props are concerned. Um all three of my guys ended right at two shots. I had Heiskanen ended at two shots, uh, a couple other ones. But, um, yeah, I was on the under two in Toronto. Listen, that 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 was 0-0 with 23 seconds left in the first before Anders Lee found the back of the net. And then they just exploded. Th those five goals in four minutes in the second period just absolutely killed the under. So, in my opinion, that game shouldn't have gone over. But, I mean, it's one of those – it is where it is scenarios. Um, I think the under was the right play. Uh, without that second period, that game would have definitely stayed under. Um, as far as Buffalo is concerned, I'm, I'm pretty proud with what Buffalo did last night. If you watch that first period, Buffalo was just, I don't know on what planet they were on, but the giveaways in the first 10 minutes, um, just the defensive structure in their own end in the first 10 minutes of that first period, uh, they also didn't get a shot on goal until the 10-minute yeah. mark. For them to settle in 
and play a tough Dallas team against one of the top goaltenders in the league and come out there with two points, that's a great learning curve for that team. Yeah, it sure is, and you're right. They're very fortunate. Mikey, that they were only down one nothing halfway through that first period. You, could, you know, they gave up that early goal to Ben, uh, and then after that, you know, it was very, very dicey for them. They were just they took it took them time to get into that game, and thankfully, you know, that goal that they got in the first period, courtesy of Rasmus Dahlin, it just passed the halfway mark of the first period. That really got them, you know, settled in. It settled them down quite a bit, and then they started to play a lot better the rest of the way. But that that first 10 minutes, you're right, and not for uh, Anderson, actually. It could have been, you know, a 2 3 nothing deficit for the Sabres, and they probably don't win that game, you know, if Craig Anderson doesn't hold the fort uh, early for Buffalo. But he did, and they end up getting the uh, victory there in that one. All right, so let's let's go to tonight because we've got a huge card, and, of course, we are back for the BetCast at 7 p.m. Eastern. So let's get into tonight's action. We will start in T-Bay. We've got the Minnesota Wild and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay minus 165 home favorites, six the total uh, here in this one. Uh, it is the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning returning home off a disappointing end to their recent road trip out west uh, in Canada. Of course, it started pretty well. Uh, they won the first three games of that trip in St. Louis, Seattle, uh, and then in Vancouver. Uh, the first three games of that trip victorious, but Alberta, did not treat them well. Uh, they lose 5-3 to the Edmonton Oilers and then a 6-3 loss uh, to the Calgary Flames on Saturday. And if you watch that uh, Lightning and Flames game, there was nothing fraudulent about that uh, loss for Tampa Bay. They were dominated. They were outplayed uh, by Calgary. They were the second best team on the ice that entire hockey game. It was a very impressive performance uh, by uh, Calgary and not a good one from the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning's perspective. So they return home off two straight losses. Normally, this is not a spot I love backing teams, you know, off a road trip uh, back home for that first game, usually a bet against situation. But I want to point out and take everyone back to earlier this month when, believe it or not, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning were in a very similar situation. They returned the, the, a road trip that started well, ended on a sour note with back-to-back -back losses at Minnesota, 5-1, to one, who, by the way, they're playing tonight. So a little in-season revenge after, as well after losing 5-1 to Minnesota earlier this month. And then at Winnipeg, they lose 4-2 the very next game. Remember that game where John Cooper was livid at his team for, his lack, for the lack of discipline they had? They were in the penalty box the whole night. They gave the Jets multiple opportunities, 5-on-3, uh, in that game uh, against the Jets. And uh, they were obviously had the tough end of that trip, losing to the Wild and the Jets. And then they came back home. Again, you would think bet against spot, but they came back home and they were ready. Uh, they put the boots to Columbus early in that game. I think they were up 2-0 after the first period. They ended up going on to beat Columbus 6-3. to Now, Minnesota's better than Columbus. We do have to yeah, point that out. Obviously, this is going to be a tougher opponent than that game was that night against the uh, Columbus uh, Blue Jackets. But, uh, you know, you look at this spot, they've got the Wild kind of scuffling now. Wild have not stepped up on this road trip against the better teams. In fact, you could make a damn good case they could be 0-3 on this road trip right now. Because that Washington game, they got outplayed by the Capitals, if not for Gustafson, and if not for... Uh, them capitalizing on their chances. Every chance they got seemed to go in the net against the Caps, and they won 4-2, but they didn't play a great game there either. And then they lose 5-2 to Carolina. They lose 5-3 to Florida uh, over the weekend. So 
they haven't played well uh, on this road trip. And now they're playing a Tampa Bay team that, you know, I think definitely is going to play a, a good solid game or at least want to bounce back after two straight losses to end that trip. The very same spot they were in against Columbus earlier this month, coming back home after a two game uh, loss to end the road trip. So definitely I feel it's going to be Tampa Bay coming out strong. I think they win the game, but I think I'd prefer to target the first period because we what we saw with Tampa Bay against Columbus was their best period was the first period by far. They just pounced on the Jackets. And then the Jackets kind of gradually hung around and kind of kept themselves in the game. And they put a couple pucks past Vasilevsky. It ended up being 6-3, but keep in mind, I think one of those goals, if not two of them, were empty net goals. So Columbus kind of fought their way back into that game and kind of held it together in the last two periods. So I kind of sense this could be that same type of game where you probably get Tampa's best early uh, in the first period, but Minnesota's a good enough team that they could still, you know, stem the tide, you know, as the game goes on and maybe uh, still get the uh, job done. So certainly if I were to play the full game, I'd look at maybe a bolts and regulation, but I think for a little bit better bang for the buck and thinking that especially in that first period, you're going to get this team locked in, wired in. I think that minus a half that you can get with Tampa Bay first period puck line plus 140 uh, in some spots, plus 145 even in a couple books. I think that's definitely the best way to approach this game uh, with uh, Lightning minus a half, plus 140, 45 in the first period. And I certainly might look at a smaller Lightning and regulation bet as well. Totals-wise, uh, certainly would lean over the total as well. Minnesota's defense has kind of crumbled here in these uh, last few games on this road trip, giving up 10 goals the last two games combined to the Panthers and the Hurricanes. Tampa Bay has certainly... I'll tell you what, Vasilevsky's not shutting the door. I mean, he really is not. I mean, he gave up five to Edmonton, kind of struggled against Calgary. He's obviously a good, still a world-class goaltender, one of the best in the world. He's going to turn it around eventually, but I wouldn't totally rule out the possibility of Minnesota finding the back of the net tonight. And I certainly think Tampa Bay will uh, against Minnesota and uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, who will be uh, back in net tonight for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Now, he has played historically very well, uh, against uh, Tampa Bay at times in the past. But uh, I think getting Tampa Bay here, uh, I think ready for a peak performance tonight after a rough end of that trip. So Tampa Bay first period puck line, smaller look toward the regulation bet and maybe over six minus 120 as well. Interested in that. Uh, Mikey, what do you think here? Minnesota, Tampa Bay. Yeah, both teams on two game losing streaks where both teams surrendered a ton of goals. With the total at six, it seems like the play should be over six with the team's recent forms, but there's something about the way they put out this total that's kind of steering me away from that. Even though Tampa lost two in a row, John Cooper wasn't really all that upset with the road trip because they did end up going three and two, and those Alberta back-to-backs are pretty tough. So uh, listening to Cooper's post-games media availability, he really wasn't that annoyed or pissed off with the team. He was more just disappointed with the two straight L's. Um, Tampa had a couple days off. Although that's not that long off a West Coast trip, I do like them tonight. Like you said, these teams just played two weeks ago. Minnesota embarrassed them 5-1. to one. But two things with that game. Tampa was on a back-to-back, and they had Elliott in net. All right, so a little bit of a different scenario tonight. Tampa has yet to lose three games in a row this season. So you got Tampa off two straight L's, a 5-1 loss to Minnesota a couple weeks ago. Um, I like Tampa here. I bet them minus one at plus 103. Um Vassy's recent form is a little bit concerning. He's allowed three or more goals in six out of his last eight. 
and back-to-back games where he allowed four uh, four goals. So it's going to be tough against this Minnesota offense, but I'm expecting a, a, a lock-it-down Vasilevsky performance tonight. All right, we'll see if he'll be right. That's gonna, I knew it was something like that. Three goals or more in uh, six of his last eights. That tells you all you need to know. He's not been at his absolute best lately. But uh, like I said, I think the team around him will play a pretty strong game tonight. Again, I don't think you're right. They're as livid as they or Cooper was. I don't think the team in general thought. I know after the Minnesota and the Winnipeg games, they were they were not at all happy with their own play. I think after the Edmonton and the Calgary losses at the end of this recent road trip, they're like, yeah, it's frustrating. We lost, but we didn't play awful. You know, we still played all right. But I, 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 I don't buy that about the Calgary game because I watched that Calgary game. That was to me, uh, Calgary was just much, much better. I, see, if I'm Tampa and I'm Cooper and I'm Stamkos and I'm Hedman and I'm Kucherov, Point, go on down the list. Every player on that team, I am pissed about the way I played uh, against Calgary because I thought they were thoroughly the better team the Flames on Saturday afternoon. So we'll see if we get that kind of response here from the uh, Lightning tonight as they return home against uh, Minnesota. All right, we've got Florida and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh minus 155 home favorites, six and a half being the uh, total in this one. Uh, the Penguins, again, they're back in that price range where, you know, laying a buck 55 with this team, I'm not comfortable doing that. I did take a chance with them against New Jersey Sunday afternoon, but they were an underdog. They were in a favorable spot. And they actually played a very solid road game. I don't think they gave the Devils much. You know, uh, they, they really kept the Devils at bay most of that game. But uh, all it, and it goes to overtime. The goaltending was pretty solid. Both sides, Jari and uh, Vanacek uh, in that game. And unfortunately for Pittsburgh, a Marcus Pedersen mental fuck up and a huge blunder on his part uh, with that too many men on the ice penalty uh, in overtime gives the Devils an OT power play and they cash in on it courtesy of uh, Dougie Hamilton. Uh, getting the overtime winner. So, again, a very winnable game for Pittsburgh. They end up losing in overtime. I mean, now they're back home. They're laying a price that, again, just in terms of form and in terms of what they've had to deal with personnel-wise, you know, I'm really not comfortable laying a price like this with uh, Pittsburgh, even with the rest advantage. And knowing that Florida's coming in here on the second of back-to-back games on the road after losing 6-2 uh, against the uh, New York Rangers uh, last night, um, certainly Pittsburgh, again, has the schedule in their favor, but uh, a team that is just not winning games easily, if at all, right now. I mean, the, the wins were Ottawa at home in a back-to-back after losing in Ottawa the previous game. Uh, and uh, the other win was Anaheim, 4-3 in overtime. By the skin of their teeth, uh, they won that game. As what, minus 340 favorites they were uh, in that game. Every other game they lost was Winnipeg, Carolina, uh, the first of the two against Ottawa, and, of course, Jersey. Yeah, and if you go back further, their other wins were Vancouver and Arizona. So it's just who have they beaten of quality, of substance, uh, this Penguins team? Nobody. you know. And I think Florida, for all their flaws and all their faults and all their struggles defensively, which just continue, another six-goal allowance. They've, they're routinely given up you know, four goals to their opponent. But their offense, you know, for the uh, prior to last night, they did face Shesterkin. I thought Shesterkin and the Ranger D was pretty good. But prior to that, the offense was starting to percolate a little bit. They had gone five straight games, scoring at least four goals. It's not like Pittsburgh's shutting anybody down uh, of late. Now, Jari being back has helped. Jari, in fact, the last two games, he's played very well. So your one concern for Florida here is you got a goalie that's really, really played well two games returning. But still, I mean, overall, this is a team that is definitely uh, – 
pick things up offensively. And it's a Pittsburgh team in front of their goaltenders. You know, they've still had issues in their own end defensively. And you're going to have issues when you have Jan Ruda out and Chris Letang still out. Uh, two key blue liners. And Jan Ruda is one of their better shutdown stay-at-home defensemen. So they miss him. Nobody will talk about it because Jan Ruda is looked at more as a depth defenseman. But he's just a ro- he's just a roadblock defensively. He blocks a shit ton of shots. He's always in pretty decent position. He'll put someone on their keister when they're in front of the net to clear the, the, the traffic and make life easier on his goaltender. Uh, he'll do all those things for you. And now you don't have him on the ice if you're Pittsburgh due to injury. So that's not going to make your blue line any better. Uh, as far as the goaltending for Florida, obviously Lyon got the start again last night. Bobrovsky's been MIA. Uh, he's been unavailable due to a lower body injury. I wouldn't expect to see goalie Bob tonight, and I certainly wouldn't expect to see Alex Lyon on a back-to-back. So assume it'll be Spencer Knight making his return because he was just recently called up from the AHL, and he was available to back up Alex Lyon last night against the uh, Rangers. So you you would assume Paul Maurice is going to give Spencer Knight the uh, start, and uh, he'll be able to make his return here tonight uh, for the uh, Panthers uh, in this game. And look, Spencer Knight's got a lot to prove, quite honestly. Because if you look at his uh, track record before his recent uh, stint away from the team, uh, he had given up four, three, four, seven, three uh, goals in uh, his last five starts, dating back to December the 6th. So his recent form really wasn't good before his recent absence. So we'll see what we get from uh, Knight here in this game. But uh, certainly the lean is over the total, uh, six and a half. I would certainly consider a bet in that direction. Florida's been a team I've been betting some overs with lately. Took over against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Toronto, Florida was a game I bet over the total. Uh, The Montreal game I did not, and I probably should have. But, uh, you know, we've been, and of course, last night, my best bet on the show was Rangers Panthers over. So over six and a half would be the way I'd play it. And sidewise, you know, again, we have our bet cast tonight. Maybe we'll find something live uh, at an advantageous price based on the flow of the game. Uh, what do you think here, Mikey? Panthers, Penguins. Yeah. Like you said, from a side perspective, this is pretty difficult to figure out who's going to win this one. Um, Florida played last night. In my opinion, that, that was a brutal game for Florida. They, in my opinion, they got embarrassed last night. Just can't find the backs in it. I understand they went against Igor, but you would think it'll be a bounce-back form for Florida tonight against a divisional opponent. But Florida's brutal on back-to-backs. 1-4-1 one, and one this season on back-to-backs. And on a back-to-back off a loss, Florida's 1-3. and three. So they've showed no life that they can bounce back in the second game off a loss. Um also, how's Nike going to look? He's been off for two weeks. I understand he had a conditioning stint. But last we saw of Spencer Knight, he allowed 21 goals in his last five starts. Four goals, three goals, four goals, seven goals, three goals. And now his first test is on the road against Pittsburgh. I mean, that's a tough ask for the kid. Um, Jari's looked a lot better since coming back from his little uh, from his little injury. But in his career against Florida... 3.09 goals against average save percentage isn't too bad it's at 90 but he's allowed 17 goals in his six games against florida so although this has been an under series head-to-head i'm hoping it'll be a scoreless first period and we can get a four and a half and bet this live over the total um i'm not sold on pittsburgh what is it four wins in january and like you said, it came against Arizona, Vancouver, Ottawa. I mean, I don't know what's wrong with this team besides it. To, besides their back end is hurting right now. Just 
something's off with Pittsburgh besides that. So I think it's just one of those where you hope the first period is scoreless and grab an over four and a half live. And I'm just looking at it right now. It looks like uh, as far as Latang, there is a chance he's back tonight. Uh, we'll see if that is indeed the uh, case for the uh, Penguins. And obviously you're talking about a guy that's been for the last, you know, decade plus in his career, you know, terrific offensive minded, def- not that he's bad defensively, but he's very good, obviously, in terms of getting the puck up the ice and all that. So, and again, we haven't seen Latang. Now Latang's had a lot to deal with, of course, passing of his dad just recently. Uh, and he's missed the last, uh, I think, 10 games it is now for the uh, Penguins going into tonight. So if he returns, we'll see about that. Uh, game time decision right now he is for the uh, Penguins in this game. But, uh, yeah, I like over six and a half. And uh, like you said, that strategy isn't a bad idea either. If you don't like the six and a half, you can always wait for, you know, better numbers and better prices in game. As far as the prop market goes uh, in this game, uh, it goes without saying Jason Zucker. I mean, a broken record. I'm sure I'm sounding like by now in terms of talking about Jason Zucker, but just a, someone that's brought all, all out effort every night, it seems, for the uh, Penguins. No question. Uh, he's been feeling it for them uh, offensively of late. Three goals and four points in the last four games for Zucker. Don't sleep on Ricard Raquel uh, either. He's been excellent for the uh, Penguins with uh, six points, three goals in the last five games for this uh, Penguins team. So there's two clear prop choices uh, if you're looking at Pittsburgh tonight uh, in this one. Florida, on the other hand, we've talked about, we said it yesterday as well. Uh, there's some lineup shuffling going on with them, but, uh, you know, E2 Coolmint Lusterinen has been such a nice uh, depth uh, offensive piece for them this year. Chris Tierney, someone to keep an eye on for the uh, Florida Panthers. He has been called up from the AHL from the Charlotte Checkers. Uh, he was called up yesterday, uh, and he uh, got into the lineup last night and played 13 minutes, and I didn't know he was going to be up as high in the lineup as he was. Paul Maurice had him centering the second line for the Florida Panthers last night between Matthew Kachuk and Carter Verhage. So if you can find you know player props on Chris Tierney, here tonight he's not going to be priced properly uh he's obviously playing he's playing with Kachuk and Verhage I mean those are two great forwards right there those two guys and Verhage in particular has had a nice year I mean you're definitely not going to get him priced properly it's as simple as that uh, and even to score a goal for him it's plus 500 uh, in this game tonight now I wish they had some points props for him or assists props I don't see any right now uh, as far as Chris Tierney uh, is concerned but Definitely great prop value with him. Maybe by puck drop, we'll see some. So BetCast, maybe if I find some by then with his assist prop and points props, we'll mention them. Uh, and then, of course, Anton Lindell. I've talked about yesterday. He's getting a lot of opportunity now for the uh, Panthers. Montour, if you can find points props with him, he's been active from the blue line lately for the Panthers. But Lindell as well, you know, up on the top line, he's taken the most of this opportunity. Uh, he now has a five-game consecutive point streak for the Panthers, Anton Lindell, and three goals during that five-game span uh, as well. So a prime option in terms of uh, player prop, uh, undervalued player tonight as well. Plus 325 uh, to score a goal. He's only plus 100, plus 105 at some books to get a point tonight. That's 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 insanity, really. Uh, Anton Lindell getting just even money plus price uh, to, to get a point in this game tonight. Top line. Getting power play minutes. Uh, again, he's on a consecutive game point streak as well. What is it? Two, three, four, yeah, five straight games with a point for the Panthers. And just to get one point, he's even money, plus 100. I mean, that's just outstanding 
uh, in terms of value there on Anton Lindell uh, for this game. And if you want to even sprinkle further, plus 580 on a power play point. So, yeah, great, great value there on Anton, Anton Lindell well. props. Yeah, Verhage, no doubt, Mikey, great call. Uh, he's been good. Now, you don't get the value with him, but, I mean, you still, at the end of the day, if you cash a ticket, you know, it's still worth it. Uh, and plus 200, plus 220 uh, for him to score a goal, for him to get a point is only minus 120. That's pretty good. Like, this is a good prop game. You know, there's 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 players that are aligned in terms of their goal prop and their point prop that shouldn't be where they are. There's You know, Verhage shouldn't just be minus 120. Lanton Lindell straight. should not be plus 100. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Five straight. Yeah, five straight games for Hagee with a point. All right. Yeah. One, two, three. Six points in his last five games. He's crushing his shot prop. Of course, last night he ended at two. But before that, four, four, six, three, four. He's crushing the shots, crushing the points. So Verhage is a strong look, too. No doubt. I mean, you're right. Five game point streak for him, for Lindell. And again, Lindell plus 100 to get a point. And for Hagee, not much. Not much more expensive, uh, minus 120, minus 125 to get a point. So, yeah, definitely uh, great, great options there for the uh, Panthers in terms of the uh, points prop, uh, uh, player props uh, for that game tonight, no question. Uh, all right, as we continue along here, uh, L.A. Kings, Philadelphia Flyers, L.A. minus 130, road favorites, six the total. It is a huge card, 11 games. And with the bet cast tonight, you know, there are going to be a couple of games on this card where I'm saying pass pregame. And we'll reevaluate things when the game gets underway and we'll see how it starts and we'll look for some live opportunities. This is one of those games. I, I don't have anything, side or total, uh, pregame. Um, you know, Philadelphia off a. Of, uh, I'll, I'll say this about Philadelphia. Obviously, you know, we know what the record is 20 and uh, 28. You know, obviously it's not been a great season. They're a lose, have a team with a losing record, as we all expected. But there's no doubt they have been, their effort level, their defensive effort, their, their work ethic, and just overall their performance level, especially lately, it's far exceeded any expectations anybody had of the Flyers coming into the season. Uh, and lately, they have been good after a bad game. You know, they lost to Toronto. They shut out Buffalo next game after that. They got blanked by Boston 6-0. They beat Anaheim handily 5-2 after that. They have the disappointing 4-1 loss to Chicago. They bounce back and they beat Detroit in their next game. They've been a nice bounce back team lately. Now, they're playing a better team, right? L.A. is a better team right now uh, than the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. But uh, there's no question that, um, you know, Philly's a, a tough out. And we already saw Philly win uh, earlier this season in L.A., 4-2, to two, back on uh, New Year's Eve. So, And Philly's won three of the last four, and each of the last two when hosting the Kings here in Philadelphia. So Philly's been a tough team for this uh, Kings team. So that's why I'm out of this game. I think L.A., I, I, I was leaning L.A. initially. I probably still am. but. Uh, I'm telling you, Philly is um, Philly's been tough on them, and Philly's been good after a bad game lately. What do you think here, Mikey? Any thoughts, Kings Flyers? Yeah, I'm like you. I don't have anything from a total or side perspective. Um, I'll be quick on this one. This is the last Flyers home game before the All Star break, so I haven't backed Philly too much this season. But if I were to bet them, it's certainly off a loss. So in typical Torch fashion, he wasn't happy after the Jets game. And he ended his post-game interview pretty early. Since Philly got embarrassed in the first period against Winnipeg, I believe three quick goals for Winnipeg, um, I think we're going to see a much more focused Philly team here, at least in the opening frame. So if I were to tackle this, it'll be first period Philly money line at even money. 
All right, uh, lean toward uh, Philadelphia here for uh, Mikey in the, this one between the uh, Kings and the uh, Flyers. Phoenix Copley and um, Carter Hart, by the way, are the uh, goaltenders confirmed here uh, for this game tonight. There are some injuries mounting for L.A. a little bit. They've been without Trevor Moore and uh, Arthur Kaliev uh, for a while. Uh, Grundstrom's on IR. Gabe Velarde doesn't look like he's going to play tonight. So keep that in mind. This is a little bit of a banged-up team right now, the Kings, especially up front. Uh, they've had to make a lot of lineups, uh, combination adjustments. Uh, Todd McClellan, because of these injuries, uh, the ones that are most uh, prevalent here is, uh, well, Byfield's been up with Kopitar and Kempe for a while now. He's stuck with that top line combination uh, for the uh, LA Kings, and he has started to get things going. I'm always uh, interested in Byfield props right now, as long as he remains up on that top line for them. He has two goals and three points in the last five games. Again, he's baby steps right now because you'd still like to see that production ramp up even more when you're playing with uh, uh, the two K's there, Kopitar and Kempe, but still, uh, you know, he's definitely getting opportunity. No question to make an impact for this uh, Kings team. If you look the rest of the lineup here, uh, I have followed to and Arvidsson, you know, are, have been playing pretty well as a, as a, as a line for the better part of the last month or two. Uh, and then you look down the lineup and there's actually some uh, players on the bottom six that might hold some value tonight. Uh, Jared Anderson Dolan. I don't know if this is just a flash in the pan, but this guy couldn't, you know, score in several games. I mean, he has gone on a huge goal scoring drought and suddenly he gets two goals against Chicago, both of their goals in that victory against the uh, Blackhawks. So is that a sign of a, maybe a little bit of a spurt here for him offensively? If you buy into it, you know, you're obviously going to get insane value for uh, Jared Anderson Dolan tonight uh, of the uh, LA Kings. Uh, to find the uh, back of the net in this game. I'm looking at right now uh, him at plus, you know, 550 in some spots to score a goal. And they've also got a new kid in the lineup now. Again, only on the bottom six, but Alex Turcott for the uh, LA Kings. Uh, although there's some hinting he might be moved up the lineup after he was debuting on the fourth line for LA. We'll see if he moves on up. He did have one shot on goal, even with only eight minutes of ice time. You know, they said he played a pretty solid game. Uh, for the uh, LA Kings. He's only 21, but we'll see if uh, he moves up the lineup a little bit. But for someone that's just making his debut and didn't get a shit ton of ice time, you know, he was apparently very noticeable uh, in the Chicago game the other night. So some interesting uh, looks there as far as the uh, prop market goes. You know, when you look at Philadelphia, uh, you know, it's definitely been uh, Kevin Hayes starting to get going. Of course, the all-star representative uh, for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers is now up to 15 goals, but he's certainly played a lot better. Uh, offensively for them in recent games. Morgan Frost is starting to find his offensive touch just a little bit, which is about time because we know it was always there for him, but finding it uh, and playing and you know improving his game at the NHL level has always been uh, a concern for him. Lawton's been pretty good with points lately for them. Uh, Owen Tippett has cooled off a little bit, did get an, a point though against Winnipeg. Uh, but like I said, Morgan Frost now has points in uh, four of the last six games for the uh, Flyers and two goals in the last four games. So finally, someone playing uh, on the top line center spot for as long as he has, uh, Morgan Frost on this Flyers team is starting to make more of an impact. So uh, those are prop considerations I'd have for this one. All right, the Boston Bruins, can they be stopped? They are minus 420 road favorites tonight in Montreal. Uh, against the Canadians, uh, the old rivalry renewed here, six the total in this game. This will be a fascinating game to watch and on the betcast, and I'll throw out some leans, but I really want to see 
this is a perfect bet cast game because the one thing I know about Montreal is if you get this team, if you give this team an opponent and a reason to be excited and fired up and say, yeah, we want to play well, we want to win tonight, they can be a dangerous team, Montreal. And we clearly saw that on Saturday night. They got up for Toronto. Toronto's like a Stanley Cup. There's not going to be many uh, Stanley Cup type of games for Montreal this year when you're one of the worst teams in the NHL and you're going to be in the draft lottery hoping to win the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Um, but there are going to be some nights where Montreal is like, you know what? We want this one. We want this game. We want to win this one badly. And Saturday was one of those nights against Toronto. You know, the rivals come in uh, and uh, Montreal uh, played a hell of a game. And in fact, in the last two periods, I thought they were better than Toronto. And they ended up, of course, winning uh, in overtime. Boston's the type of team that might get that kind of effort and intensity out of Montreal tonight. But the problem is trusting Boston to play down to their competition, which they've not done very often. You know, there's one instance where they, uh, they legitimately got caught you know, in a tough spot, and they didn't play well. They looked flat. They looked like they just had nothing going, and it was that Seattle game that they lost 3 nothing after the road trip in California. It was a good bet against spot, but it was also a Seattle team that was absolutely rolling on that road trip. So it was not all that Boston was in a tricky spot. It was that, hey, they just ran into a very good hockey team that's been road warriors all year. But every other example of, okay, Boston maybe – sleepwalking or maybe not interested in this game and this opponent they've not shown it they beat down philly six nothing we thought that could be a flat spot after beating toronto uh in the game before that it wasn't uh they put the boots to the flyers you know they have the big win against the rangers or last week play san jose sunday night thinking oh it's the sharks the lowly sharks maybe they're asleep at the wheel nope four nothing uh they shut out the uh Sharks in that game. So they have not shown many examples of playing down to the competition here, Boston, which makes it tricky in this game. But at the same time, I mean, minus 420 is an exorbitant price. It is. I mean, it's a massive price uh, that you've got to lay with Boston. They have beaten Montreal seven straight games. There's no question, but this wouldn't be a spot for me to get inter too interested in Boston. And if you look at the next three games, Tampa, Florida, Carolina, their next three games on this road trip. Those are all bigger games, bigger opponents. Not so much. Montreal should be because of the historical factor and the rivalry, but I don't know if Boston's going to view it that way. Montreal somehow beat Toronto. Like I said, they were up. For the, the effort was off the charts. But I am concerned that there's all these injuries for Montreal and Slavkovsky and Monaghan and Gooley and Gallagher and Evans and Druan and Byron and Armia and now Caulfield, of course, is out for the season. And they've had to go with Sam I am Montembeau all these games in a row because Jake Allen's banged up. You know, that's why for this game, my leans right now, believe it or not, are maybe a Montreal plus one and a half if you want to be a little bit more safe, plus 130. You know, because I could see that Boston being an opponent that fires up this young uh, spirited Canadians team, just like Toronto did the other night. But at the same time, they're also coming off that Toronto game, and maybe they have difficulty ramping up that level a second straight game. That's why I want to watch this game start, play out in the first, you know, five, ten minutes. Let's see what Montreal looks like. Let's see if they've still got that same, you know, energy level and that same intensity they brought against Toronto Saturday night. If they do, if they, if they look like they're going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Boston, they're getting chances, they're making Boston work in the defensive zone, then I might get interested in a live bet on Montreal, just like my leans right now are toward at least the plus one and a half on Montreal. But if I see Boston just doing Boston things, 
and just asserting their dominance, asserting like they usually do that they're the better team, then I might pump the brakes and say, you know what, let's put that idea to rest, put that idea to bed to look toward the Canadians. It's a great live betting game, in my opinion, and a great night to have a game like this on our BetCast tonight. What do you think here, uh, Mikey? Boston, Montreal. Yeah, I wish Montreal was healthy because there's no better rivalry to watch in sports than the Bruins and the Canadians. I mean, this is a series that Boston has just been dominating lately. Eight of last ten, Boston's handled them. Um, Montreal, like you said, Ian, Montreal will be up for this. They love matchups like this when they're facing Toronto, when they're facing Boston, but I don't expect much scoring coming from Montreal. They're just gutted. Boston should easily win this game by a couple goals or more. I don't see Boston taking it easy either because, like you just said, they have a tough stretch coming up in the next seven days at Tampa, at Florida, at Carolina, which ends their January schedule, and then to begin February at Toronto. So very tough stretch coming up. You can People can say they might lay down on this one. They're, they're not going to lay down. Boston will handle Montreal tonight. Um, you also have Montebo confirmed in net for Montreal. Here's his numbers against Boston, 1-3. 0.899 save percentage, 4.18 goals against average. Boston just buries this kid whenever he faces them. Um, but Boston is unbackable at these prices. So I did do a parlay with this. It's Boston Moneyline along with another team that we'll talk about later that will bring this price down to minus 110. Yeah, yeah no question. Montembeau was very good in the first period. It's worth noting in that Toronto-Montreal game, very important to point out that Montreal had a horrible first period and they were actually fortunate to only be down one nothing. but it seems like Toronto kind of or, uh, kind of went to sleep after that. Uh, actually, it was 2 nothing, I should say, for uh, Toronto after the first period. And uh, Montreal was very fortunate to get that 2-1 goal. And then once they did, they, they took over the game. But they did get off to a bad start against Toronto. They were able to overcome it. But if they do that tonight against Boston, it may not be as easy to do that. So if, you, if the people that are thinking of Bruins' first period, yeah. I mean, if Montreal's like the way they were first period Saturday night, certainly Boston's live to get a lead uh, in the opening period. No question about that. Monaco's been very good. You did mention the struggles against the Bruins, Mikey. That's a great clash of um, clash of current form versus history against a particular opponent. That's what we've got here with Montembeau because his current form is very good. Uh, lately for the Canadians, but his past history against the uh, Bruins has been a little bit shaky. So it's the perfect live betting game for me. Um, Swayman for Boston. Swayman for Boston. Yeah. Swayman and net. Swayman's not um, the uh, big drop off from Allmark that maybe he was early in the season. He was kind of struggling a little bit uh, early in the season, but uh, no, Swayman's been better lately. There's no question uh, for the uh, Bruins uh, in his recent starts. Cause you look at it actually three starts in a row, uh, Mikey, one goal or less. So he's yeah. turned it around. That's what I wanted to say. Uh, when I see people on Twitter, when they see Swayman confirmed, I swear they think like Helen Keller's confirmed between the pipes for, for Boston. I mean, yeah. this is the best. They one think it's two- uh, Aaron Dell or something. Yeah. yeah. This is the best one-two tandem in the NHL. And I know I'm from Boston. I'm not trying to really be a homer with this, but Swayman, seven out of his last eight starts, two goals or less. I mean, this guy's a solid 1A. He's not a 1B. He's not a number two. This guy would be starting in any other with any other NHL team. So, I mean, like you said, he's not a drop-off from Allmark. This is a solid tandem. 
Yeah, he's he's been he's been solid. He's been really good lately. In fact, uh, for the uh, Boston Bruins, like I said, in October you could have said, "Hey, what's wrong with Swayman?" But it was a long time ago. He's played a lot better here the last uh, few games for the Boston Bruins. All right, San Jose, Detroit. Uh, we've got uh, Detroit minus one fifty home favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this one. Uh, my first lean is over. Always with uh, again San Jose and a you know a lesser team Detroit. Uh, now Detroit's gone under in two straight, and finally we saw an under with uh, San Jose and the four nothing loss against the Bruins. But keep in mind before that this uh, San Jose team was uh, going along at a very strong uh, seven one and one clip to the over nine games before that. And yeah, I think we'll get back to something similar here in this game. Detroit uh, had 31 shots and uh, Derek Lalonde after the game uh, against uh, Philadelphia uh, the other night said, you know, well, you know, we had chances. We just don't didn't put them, put it away, you know, and so the, they did, you know, and if the bottom line is when you got a team that got held to one goal that had opportunities, didn't find the back of the net. Chances are they make they rectify that. The focus is that in practice. When you only score one goal, you focus on that, uh, and you bounce back here against a San Jose team that gives up goals in bunches. You know you're probably going to have a bounce back offensive night as a team here uh, if you're the Detroit Red Wings uh, in this game. But San Jose is you know for all their struggles, they're only two and seven in their last nine games. Struggles have been defensively. The team is still somewhat capable to score goals. If you look during this stretch. Going back their last 10 games, they've scored five, four. They did only score two, but against Boston, they scored four again against Arizona, three, uh, one against Edmonton, uh, and uh, obviously Edmonton, an above average team, three against Jersey, three against, uh, or five against Dallas, three against Columbus, obviously shut out by Boston again, one of the best teams in the NHL. But for the most part, you've been able to get San Jose to chip in offensively. And there's a lot of trends here. If you actually look at uh, some recent uh, trends here, long-term Detroit in their last 58 after two goals or less, 39 and uh, 19, pretty strong to the over. Uh, you know, the San Jose Sharks, like I said, have been trending over. The the interconference games against Eastern Conference foes for San Jose have also been trending over the total as well. So that's basically the direction I would go here in this game. It's going to be James Reimer for San Jose and Billy Huso, your goaltenders uh, in this game uh, for their respective teams. Like I say, with Huso, uh, he was good against Philly. It was a lot, lot better, but still, uh, his recent games, uh, you know, he's not been nearly as sharp. Uh, and before that Philly game, we saw him give up five to Colorado, four to Columbus, five to Winnipeg. So his, you know, play kind of trended backward just a little bit. Been a little bit better the last two, but. You know, I think San Jose could still contribute. Two of the last three meetings have gone over, and I definitely think Detroit uh, will score some goals. In fact, I wouldn't talk anyone out of over three and a half team total with Detroit. I might do a split here in that regard, a team total Detroit along with that full game over in this game. What do you think here, Mikey, with San Jose-Detroit? Yeah, this is a tough game. Sharks lost to Detroit 7-4 a couple months ago. Sharks get shut out by Boston last game, and then they got beat by Columbus 5-3. It's just tough to back this Sharks team right now, but I'm also not about to lay a price on Detroit either, so this is a pass for me. Hopefully a low scoring first and try and bury the over live. Definitely. It's one of those games, too. If you don't like the 6.5, and, a half and uh, you could always wait, get a 5.5 or better in-game, and we've got a live bet cast tonight. 
uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern time uh, to be able to try and do that. No question. This could be one of those games where if you don't like that pregame total, you can always wait and look to see if you find a, a better number uh, be, uh, during the uh, game itself. All right. Um, next game here on this. Uh, and by the way, prop. Uh, wise, basically, I'd kind of look more toward Detroit props. I think they're going to be more of the assertive offensive team not tonight. Not that San Jose won't score, but, you know, I'd be looking at Michael Rasmussen. I'd be looking at Jonathan Berggren's finally on the top six. It's about friggin' time. What took so long? I have no idea, but this kid has been noticeable, and now he's finally going to get some more ice time. Uh, and uh, look, he's got a prospect that's got some offensive upside. Bertuzzi being out, I think, is what's opened up this spot for Jonathan Berggren. Uh, to move up the lineup for the Red Wings because uh, Tyler Bertuzzi's on the injured list again for them. So uh, keep that in mind. I think that could present some prop value here with uh, uh, Berggren tonight uh, against the uh, San Jose Sharks. All right, next game on the uh, slate here. We've got the uh, Vegas Golden Knights taking on the New Jersey Devils. Uh, New Jersey here, minus 180 home favorites here uh, in this game. The total currently a six and a half across the board. This game's ESPN Plus, by the way, uh, Vegas and New Jersey exclusive game. ESPN Plus uh, with uh, Bob Oshusen, uh calling the play-by-play uh, -play, uh, of this one. Uh, it should be an interesting game. It's one of the better games on the card, actually, and one of the more intriguing games because, I mean, you can't make heads or tails of Vegas right now. You know, how do you go from, you know, pummeling Washington 6-2? Now, granted, Ovechkin did not play. Uh, a late absence, late scratch Saturday night. We should point that out. But how do you go from that, even with Ovechkin out, still a solid win? How do you go from that to losing 4-1 to Arizona the next night and getting dominated, uh, you know, by the uh, Coyotes in that game? Now, it'll say on the shots on goal, 36-22 for Vegas. I watched a lot of that game. I thought they could have gotten some better quality chances than they did. I think really only in the third period did they carry the play to Arizona. I thought their play was mediocre. They didn't have a good first period in my opinion. And to me, there's just lulls in their game, too many lulls in their game right now, the Vegas Golden Knights. And you can't have lulls. You can't have games where you're kind of going through the motions, not when you're just artillery has been severely weakened by all kinds of injuries, like the, the likes of which the Golden Knights have right now. You're still without Theodore and White Cloud on the blue line. Uh, Howden, Carrier, Mark Stone is still uh, out due to uh, an injury, upper body. Uh, we're not going to see him probably for at least a few more games. So, you know, you've got to overcome all of this. You can't have, you know, passive efforts. You know, you can't have, you know, situations where you're not willing to put in the work, you know, because when you're undermanned and you've got the injuries Vegas has, you know, you've got to be able to step up and you've got to be able to outwork the opposition to make up for the deficiencies you have in your personnel group. And right now they're just not doing that enough. The uh, Vegas Golden Knights, uh, on the flip side, the Devils, uh, they've you know rectified their struggles, which were immense December into early January. They've now turned it around. They're 6-1 in their last seven games. The only loss was in overtime at the end of that road trip in Seattle. Um, so they've got their game back together again. That being said, it's a big price, and it's still a Devils team that for the duration of the uh, regular season, they're a 500 home team, 12-12. and 12. And you counter that with a Vegas team that has actually played their best hockey all season on the road. They've actually won more road games, one more road victory this season for Vegas than they have at home. You know, where historically T-Mobile Arena has been just such a huge home ice advantage for them. This year, they've been road warriors, though, 15 and six, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights on the road this season. So I think there's a, I'm tempted by Vegas in this spot. 
you know, off a bad game against Arizona, that's got to leave a bad taste in everybody's mouth the way they played in that game uh, against the uh, Coyotes on Sunday night. And if you actually look at New Jersey here, uh, while they're six and one in their last seven games, you know, the Ranger win was an overtime win. Carolina was a close game. Uh, they beat Anaheim big. Who cares? Anaheim stinks. New Jersey, there were some empty net goals that padded the lead there. The San Jose win took a shootout. Seattle game, win, uh, game they lost, but that went to overtime. The Pittsburgh game Sunday afternoon back home, that took overtime. So they're, they're winning games, but they're not winning games comfortably. They're not winning games easily. This probably is going to be a tight, close, competitive game. The draw might be worth a sprinkle. I mean, New Jersey's gone beyond regulation, three straight games. No doubt that might be worth a look. Uh, last year, uh, when these teams played, we saw, uh, again, a 5-3 win for Vegas in New Jersey. And keep in mind, one of those goals, I believe, was an empty net goal. So that was a close game. New Jersey won in Vegas 3-2 uh, last year. That was a close game. So, you know, draw, maybe a little shot with Vegas, plus 150. I'm certainly leaning in those two directions here. Uh, what do you think, Mikey? Golden Knights, Devils. Yeah, anytime I see Vegas at these odds, 140, 150, to me, you got to back them. But the problem is I don't like how this team plays when Mark Stone is missing out of the lineup. And I don't think Jack Eichel's 100%. His game has definitely dipped a lot. I just don't think health-wise he's 100%. Whatever nagging injury he's he's had lately, I just don't think it's healed completely. It's the fifth loss in the last seven games for, for Vegas where they've gone outscored 24-17. to 17. The schedule is only going to get tougher for them. I agree with you. It's Vegas or pass. New Jersey is winning, but this is, that's their fifth overtime game in January. So, like you said, they're winning, but they're barely scraping by. So, I'm going to have to think about it a little bit more, but it's going to be either Vegas or pass. All right, Vegas or pass for uh, Mikey here in this game. Uh, Goaltending, by the way, for this uh, matchup, Golden Knights and Devils. We likely will see Vitek Banachek. Makes sense. He's better than Mackenzie Blackwood. Finally, Lindy Ruff, I think, is realizing that. And he's been going with Banachek repeatedly. Looks like Banachek will be the goalie for New Jersey. We don't have it confirmed yet for Vegas. We assume Logan Thompson, but uh, we'll have to uh, wait and see on that. As far as the uh, prop market uh, goes uh, for this game, as far as the Devils uh, are concerned, you know, Dougie Hamilton from the blue line had a great game, obviously, uh, against the uh, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, including the overtime winner. I mean, Nico Hishier has been automatic with the point streak. I mean, if you can put him in either over, not so much over one and a half points, because there's been a lot of games he's only gotten one, but we're still talking about someone that scored a point in four straight games that has a point in, I believe, uh, 11 of the last uh, 12 games for the uh, New Jersey Devils. Jesper Bratt, you know, has uh, four, five, six points in the last five games uh, for the uh, Devils as well. Um, you know, Dougie Hamilton's been chipping in from the blue line. Jack Hughes, it goes without saying, an awesome performance uh, all season from him. Uh, he has now scored, look at the just the last uh, several games he's been on since December 30th. Uh, he's collected a point in all but one game. And during that span, he's got two, four, six, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 goals. So and 30 goals now in the season, 28 assist, assists, 58 points for him. So, you know, very interesting to see if he can keep that going. Uh, he sheared, yeah, that is a good point. Uh, he sheer in terms of his health. You're right. He's been uh, battling, uh, you know, I think a little minor injury, but he hasn't missed time because of it, which is the good news if you're the Devils. As far as the uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, are concerned, Jack Eichel's got to, you know, stop talking about how he's not playing well and do something about it, especially now with Mark Stone out. They need him. 
You know, they can't have him in a stretch like he's been in where five games now he's gotten just one point. You know, he's got to be much, much more dominant than that. Uh, and uh, it just hasn't seen it from him. We just haven't seen it from him lately. I think there's value on a few Golden Knights. I mean, you know, say what you will about Phil Kessel, but he's getting more ice time now with Stone out, and he made the most of it. He scored against uh, Arizona the other night. Uh, Nick Waugh, I think, is definitely someone that's a little undervalued right now. He had a goal and two assists against Washington, uh, three points. Paul Cotter is another one. He had two goals against Washington. Uh, so if Eichel's not going to get it done, those are some – uh, players you could look at our old friend Michael Amadio, who you know we were just having a great time of it, betting his props for a period of time. He finally cooled off for a stretch there, but he did uh, produce over the uh, weekend uh, for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights as well. I mean, he's uh, still playing on the top line with uh, right now with Stevenson and Eichel, and we saw Amadio get a goal uh, against Washington, so that kind of uh, you know broke him out of a little bit of a slump uh, offensively. So. Uh, and again, still getting those top line minutes right now for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. He might be worth a look as well. All right, great stuff. Uh, that is the first half of this Tuesday card. Uh, Mikey and I will be back with the uh, last half uh, of this uh, Tuesday uh, NHL card. Hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. And we'll be right back after we hear from Gramco. All right, whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, or, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you and is also available at many American retailers as well. Get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. You visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order, and all orders on the site that are $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we are back here on the Ice Guys, and again, we are halfway through uh, this uh, Tuesday uh, NHL card. And a reminder, our Ice Guys Live BetCast tonight at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. We are definitely excited about that, our first BetCast of the new year, uh, 2023. If you want to appear on the BetCast with us and join us, uh, make sure you send a DM to me, and I will absolutely send you the link for the BetCast before things get underway at 7 p.m. Eastern tonight. All right, Buffalo Sabres back in action, back-to-back -back for the Sabres after a big overtime win last night. Uh, against the Dallas Stars. Uh, they head to St. Louis to take on the Blues. Uh, we've got St. Louis, minus 130, home favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this one. Um, I, I ain't betting against Buffalo in this game. That much I know. Okay, so just a priorium, Buffalo or pass. Let's take the price with Buffalo or pass. Don't love the spot for Buffalo. You know, back-to-back -back on the road, um, you know, gutsy, gutted out overtime win last night. Uh, for the Sabers in that game, but the the angle that I've been that I talked about yesterday on this show, and I mentioned it after they beat Dallas last night as well on Twitter, is very much in play here. Buffalo on the road, playing a average or above average or better team, and I think the Blues constitute that. They've had their struggles, but they're not a horrible team. They're an average to a, or a better team. Buffalo's consistently stepped up and won these games on the road against these kind of teams, you know, repeatedly. And the road dog rule has been excellent for them. 
and so good that, um, you know, I'm not r- r- rushing to step in front of Buffalo here uh, as road dogs tonight. Now, it is a rest advantage uh, for the St. Louis Blues. You know, Buffalo's entering in here after being in Dallas last night. St. Louis has rested two full days off. They last played Saturday night against Chicago in a disheartening 5-3 loss to the Blackhawks uh, in that game, uh, where Jackson Stauber, uh, the son of Rob Stauber, of course, was a journeyman NHL goalie decades ago, uh, his son Jackson uh, got his first NHL victory uh, in goal for the Blackhawks that night against St. Louis. So the Blues, I think, are going to want to bounce back from that. It was not a good performance. Uh, although that being said, you know, it was just one of those games where Bennington didn't have his best game. Uh, he gives up five, or the Blues give up five goals on just 18 shots to the Blackhawks in that game. Bennington gets the hook after giving up four goals, and Thomas Grice ends up finishing that game for the Blues. So you do have St. Louis off a bad loss, rest advantage. There's things to like about the spot for St. Louis. No question about that. Probably is a better spot for St. Louis. But Buffalo's repeatedly been getting it done in this role, road underdogs uh, against, like I say, average or better hockey teams. It's just a constant for them how good they've been uh, in this situation. If you go back and look at the Dallas game last night, Nashville, um, you know, go on and down the list. There's just so many examples of it. Uh, Colorado, Vegas, Nashville, Washington, Boston, Dallas last night, the, the Alberta teams early in the season. I mean, they have been against better teams on the road. It's been amazing how well they've done. If only they could have that kind of schedule for 82 games. You'd get more wins and less mediocrity and less inconsistency uh, out of the Buffalo Sabres. So, you know, we'll see how this one goes. But again, we talked about how in terms of the uh, goal uh, prop markets here, Darlene continues to, you know what, we we got to start considering I do at least taking it more advantage of Darlene because he's just been, you know, a point producing machine. He can score goals from the blue line. Haven't cashed in as much on that as I would have liked. I've mentioned Dylan cousins worth a look uh, lately. He was held off the score sheet last night. Doesn't mean that's going to happen tonight necessarily, but uh, definitely I think I I, Buffalo or pass. I do think the over, you got to bet it based on series history, six straight overs with these two teams, blues and Sabres. Uh, six straight games have gone over the total. Goaltending tonight, it looks like it's going to be Uko Pekalukanen, or at least I would assume it's going to be UPL here for the uh, Sabres uh, on the uh, second night of a back-to-back. And for the uh, St. Louis Blues, will they give uh, Jordan Binnington the opportunity uh, to get back in net and bounce back from the uh, bad outing he had? The answer is yes. He has been confirmed uh, as the uh, starting goaltender tonight for the uh, St. Louis Blues in this game. So I definitely am on the over. And right now, Buffalo or pass from a side perspective, um, probably will get involved in that in some form. Uh, what do you think here, uh, Mikey? Buffalo, St. Louis. Yeah, it's been a long homestand for St. Louis. I believe this is their seventh straight home game, um, but they'll be going out on the road for the next week before the All-Star break. I locked in Buffalo yesterday at plus 140. I tried getting a little bit cute because I thought maybe Dallas would take care of Buffalo. And then Buffalo would come back the next day and get that W. Um, I'm not as comfortable with Buffalo tonight after yesterday's win. Also because Buffalo is 1-6-1 and one in the second game in, off a of back-to-back. So they have not been good in the second game of a back-to-back. St. Louis also getting reinforcements back. Krug is back in the lineup. Tarasenko is back in the lineup tonight. Um, so this is going to be a tough, a tough one for Buffalo, but I did lock in the plus 140 on Buffalo yesterday. And this is the second 
uh, play for my two-team parlay. So I got Boston money line and the over five and a half in this game at minus 110. All right, there we go. Good stuff indeed from uh, Mikey there on the uh, Sabres and the uh, Blues. Um, there is one thing I was trying to mention. There was a prop of some kind on the St. Louis side. I know I wanted to mention it. I'm just trying to think of it right now. Uh, I'm just looking. Oh, yeah, uh, in terms of the uh, Blues props tonight uh, in this game, Thomas, absolutely. Uh, you know, he's uh, centering that top line. And like I said, Tarasenko looks like he's going to play. Uh, here, Tory Krug as well. So huge app returns to the lineup. O'Reilly and Buchnevich still out, but uh, they're at least going to get some uh, key pieces back. But uh, yeah, Robert Thomas, four points in the last three games for the uh, Blues has been making the most of his uh, opportunities lately for sure. All right, next up, we've got Winnipeg and Nashville. Winnipeg minus 120 road favorites. Uh, the total in this game, it opened six. Those sixes are gone uh, pretty much now. We're seeing five and a half now. Uh, as the uh, total here with the uh, Jets and the Predators. It could end up being one hell of a goaltending matchup if it is indeed Connor Hellebuck and UC Saros uh, in net, which is what we are expecting uh, here in this game between these two teams. Uh, that being said, it hasn't always played out as a defensive battle between these two teams. Three of the last four meetings have gone over, although the previous meeting earlier this season was Saros versus Hellebuck, and it was 2-1 Winnipeg uh, in overtime. Uh, that game took place back on December the 15th. Um, I understand why they're betting it under. I do. I mean, Winnipeg's been kind of an under team lately. Nashville, they've actually gone over Nashville for the last six. But after a, you know, a couple of games that have gone over, I don't think they love their defensive effort against St. Louis. It was better. And they did score a rare five spot against L.A. I don't know if that's going to continue here tonight uh, facing Hellebuck and the uh, Jets. And Rick Bonus was saying in that uh, Philly-Winnipeg game, didn't love the idea that they had a 3 nothing lead and they coughed it up, kind of fell asleep a little bit defensively with the decent lead. So, you know, definitely that's, keep that in mind. So maybe they want to bring a better uh, defensive effort. Uh, this is not a game I'm going to bet uh, pregame. This will be a bet cast game for me. I'm going to see how it starts. Let's see how the flow of the play goes. Who's going to be uh, the team controlling the play, you know, having the better of it early in the game, and then we'll make some decisions from there. Um, you got Winnipeg that have started off this road trip, losing the first two games, and then they won the next two against Ottawa and Philly. And then they're back home against Buffalo Thursday night following tonight's game. So this is the end of that road trip after two wins in a row. That's not exactly the kind of spot where I say, yeah, let's bet a team in this situation. So uh, very, very much neutral on the side. I think the under for the total but again now that it's five and a half you know how i feel about under five and a halfs and even though under five and a halfs can cash and can win clearly they it's possible but i never love when i'm looking at a game under when the total is only five and a half but it does feel like you know we did see two one last month with these two teams and if it is soros and hellebuck the goalies as we expect then it could be a little bit of a low scoring goalie battle between these two that have been, you know, very good lately for their respective teams. What do you think here in this one, Mikey? Winnipeg, Nashville. Yeah, I'm on Winnipeg at minus 115. Uh, this is a pretty important division battle for both clubs. If you look at how these teams perform against the division, we got two teams in opposite directions. Winnipeg is 12 and three against the against the Central Division. Nashville is four, six, and three. If you look at the head-to-head -head matchup, Winnipeg's one is seven, two, and one in their last ten. Um, I watch a lot of Winnipeg games and Preds games. This is a this is going to be a close battle. It's going to be one of those three-two, maybe an empty netter. 
four two type games, but I like Winnipeg here at minus one fifteen. All right, Mikey, liking Winnipeg here around minus 115, uh, minus 120, depending on uh, which uh, book you uh, uh, look at. But uh, Jets here is a short road favorite. I, I agree. I think Winnipeg is the better team. Uh, is it a great spot for them? I don't think it's the best. But, yeah, I mean, they are the better. Uh, I definitely like them more than Nashville. Uh, there's no question, and the record bears that out. And keep in mind, too, with uh, Nashville, you know, the home – dominance you know that we saw you know years ago in nashville is not necessarily the case anymore only 12 and 10 you know at home this year barely above a 500 this uh predators team we'll see uh if uh they can uh get the job done on home ice tonight against the uh, jets all right uh by the way prop wise i do want to throw one out there for well for winnipeg i mean right now uh perfetti on the second line continues to be undervalued dubois over shots on goal someone in our chat mentioning that i wouldn't say no to that i mean he's been going over his shots on goal prop like crazy lately uh nashville on their side cody glass i keep saying him on the first line with duchene and forsberg undervalued and even some of those other centers, Parson and Novak, even though they've dropped down the lineup a little bit, you know, they've been chipping in a little bit for the Predators as well in recent games. Don't sleep on Cole Smith either. You know, first career goal against L.A., back-to-back games with a point. So Cole Smith has been uh, noticeable for the Predators. All right, we've got three games left. Uh, Anaheim, Arizona next up. Uh, Arizona minus 135 home favorites, six and a half being the total in this one. Uh, Coyotes. Uh, with the uh, huge win against Vegas on Sunday night at home, four to one, uh, bouncing back uh, and playing a better hockey game there. Uh, and uh, Karel Vamelka also back in goal and played a very solid game in net for the uh, Coyotes in that victory over Vegas. We'll see if they can keep it rolling here against the uh, Anaheim Ducks. Anaheim, of course, we know how much of a disappointing season it's been uh, for them throughout the course of the year. Uh, they continue this lengthy road trip. Uh, they've already gone through, uh, obviously, Pittsburgh, Philly, Columbus, Buffalo, first four games of this trip. They lost the first two. They did beat Columbus, and then they lost to Buffalo 6-3 to three, uh, on Saturday night. Uh, we'll see if they can uh, bounce back here. Arizona, you know, overall still their home record is a decent 9-9, nine and nine, 500 home record, and a lot more of the wins have been lately at home. Um, this is just another game where if I was to bet anything here uh, – Again, with Anaheim, you can't bet anything but on, but over with them. I mean, eight straight overs for the Anaheim Ducks in their last eight games. Arizona's kind of been going the other way, though. Uh, they've been trending under the total. So it's kind of one of those, yeah, you want to bet over with Anaheim, but is Arizona going to cooperate? Uh, Arizona with Vimelka back probably gives them a better chance to keep the puck out of their net. So if Arizona, you know, gets the lead, sometimes they do sort of, you know, park the bus try to protect the lead rather than going for more. We have seen that uh, before with this team. So this is probably one where, yes, I have an eye on the over, but I might wait to look at, to wait till the bet cast tonight and maybe see if I can find a better number with this. But uh, certainly when I see this Anaheim team uh, and them on a tra track record here of eight straight overs, I ain't looking at anything except uh, over six and a half here in this game. Might even be better to zone in on Arizona's team total in this game. Three and a half. We did see them finally hit four goals against uh, Vegas in their last game after being shut out by uh, the Dallas Stars uh, in the uh, game before that and the Washington Capitals. They were on back-to-back -back shutouts, Arizona. Shutout losses before beating Vegas. So, again, we're seeing Anaheim give up six to Buffalo, uh, five to Philly, four to Pittsburgh, six to Jersey, six to Edmonton, seven to Boston, four to San Jose. You get my point. I mean, a lot of games they've given up at least four. So, 
the Coyote team total over might be the uh, better uh, look here in this one, three and a half. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Mikey, Ducks and Coyotes? Yeah, this is reminding me of the Detroit game. Um, I have nothing on this one. Like you said, if it's if we get a live opportunity with the over, I'll consider that. Um, it's kind of tricky back in this over six and a half. I want to see who's in net for Anaheim. I guess it doesn't really matter whether it's Gibson or the other guy. Both haven't been great, but this is tough. I, it's an easy stay away game for me. Definitely, definitely either going to be Gibson or Stolars. We'll see who it's going to end up being for the uh, Ducks. Projected right now uh, to be Gibson, but again, no confirmation as of yet uh, for goaltending on either side, although I'm pretty damn sure we're going to see Bamelka again after he returned. It was victorious against uh, Vegas on Sunday night. All right, we got two games left. Next up, it is Washington and Colorado. Definitely one of the more intriguing games of this Tuesday night slate. Uh, we've got the Avalanche minus 125, uh, actually to, to minus 130 in some spots as well uh, as home favorites. Uh, the total in this game, uh, Capitals and Avalanche currently sitting at uh, six shaded to the under. Uh, Alex Ovechkin, game time decision, I guess, would be the big headline here uh, for this game. We'll see if he suits up for the Capitals. Uh, it's going to be kind of a wait-and-see approach from uh, Peter LaViolette. Of course, he was a last-minute uh, absence, of course, against uh, Vegas uh, over the weekend. We'll see if he's able to return uh, here against Colorado. This is a really, really tricky handicap for this game because I don't know if I want to go against Colorado. They've got their game going again ever since the team meeting. They're undefeated, 5-0, and since they held that closed-door team meeting following the loss against Chicago at the end of that road trip, which concluded 12 days ago. And since then, they return home. They pummel both Ottawa and Detroit by a combined score of 13-3. to and then they go on the road for that three-game trip, Calgary, Vancouver, and Seattle, and they win all three of those games. So, you know, the Avalanche are definitely starting to realize that, hey, we got to crank up our sense of urgency here. We're on the outside looking in for the Stanley Cup playoffs. If the season were to end today, and if we want to make it, we've got to just play better hockey and get our game together again, both ends of the ice. And what I like about Colorado is they've had games where their offense has exploded, showing more... Uh, ability to put the puck in the net like we've become accustomed to uh, from this team. And it's helped that McKinnon's been back and Rantanen and Lekkanen and uh, Nachushkin, of course, just recently came back from an injury. They've also gotten the likes of Newhook, Comfort at times, Rodriguez stepping up offensively to help out. Still banged up on the blue line with uh, Josh Manson on IR, Bowen Byram on IR. Kale McCarr, by the way, has already been ruled out tonight once again for with his upper body injury so this will be the fourth consecutive game uh, that Kale McCarr uh, will be out of the lineup for the uh, Avalanche tonight uh, and of course the other uh, defenseman that might not play tonight is Eric Johnson the old veteran day to day uh, he got injured in practice on Monday uh, and uh, or did not practice Monday rather after getting injured against Seattle uh, and uh, he may not go tonight either so you could be looking at a very very ravaged blue line tonight for the uh, avalanche there's a potential anyway for four players that would normally be in your top 6d that would normally be in your starting six defensemen you know there's a possibility four of them are out tonight for the uh, cap for the avalanche so that could be a little bit of a concern here for uh, colorado off that road trip's a little tricky uh, i think washington could be live in this spot if especially if Ovechkin plays, because obviously we saw they did not have the right response against Vegas uh, without number eight in the lineup. They lost six to two, but there's a lot of money coming in on Washington. I think it's a combo, perfect road trip, 
come back home, lay an egg. We saw Seattle even do that. Remember Seattle against Tampa Bay? Uh, they had a great road trip. They came back home. They lost. I think there's people thinking that could happen to Colorado here. So it's definitely not a Colorado spot. I'm with them 100% there. It's not a Colorado spot. Uh, and Washington, but by the way, in Colorado, they've actually played extremely well here. They've won four of the last five meetings here in Denver. Uh, so if you actually look at it, and they're six and one, actually, in their last seven visits to Denver to take on the Avalanche. So the Capitals have done well here uh, over the years. And um, yeah, Washington to me are nothing uh, as of right now. And I've been on Colorado a bunch during this uh, little run they've put together. But Caps are definitely in the better spot. They're getting a well. They were getting a really good price. Money's really come in heavy on the Capitals. You're not getting as good now at plus one ten, plus one fifteen. But totally understand the money move, and I lean in that direction as well. Washington plus price. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Mikey? Washington, Colorado. Yeah, money has definitely come in on Washington. Um, one thing with Washington and Peter Laviolette teams is it's rare you're going to get two or three bad games in a row. If you look at Washington's schedule since October, it's a rarity to see them lose more than two in a row. I know they've only lost one 6-2 against Vegas the other night, but one concern is they, Washington has, has been missing key players in and out of their lineup all season, whether it be Oshie or whatnot, but now you're missing, missing Oshie. He's on a personal leave. You might be missing Ovechkin. That's two heavy hitters out of the lineup. I can deal with a no Oshi, but a no Oshi and a no Ovechkin, tough hill to climb. So like you said, it all depends on if Alex Ovechkin is playing. The way the money's come in on Washington, I think Ovi's playing tonight because it's gone down 15, 20, 25 cents in the last couple hours. So you also have Darcy Kemper coming back to Colorado for the first time. Um, he didn't fare well against Washington earlier this year, got shut out for nothing. So we'll see how Kemper performs first time back in Colorado. But like you said, it's not a Colorado spot. This is a tough one. I need to see if Ovi's in the lineup. And if he is, it might be a play on Washington. All right. Yeah, and, uh, I think Ovi will play. I just get that sense. But yeah, Oshi is away from the team uh, for personal reasons. As you mentioned, uh, uh, birth of his uh, child, his wife uh, giving birth. So that's the reason. Uh, he's away from the, the squad. He won't be in today. He's already been ruled out, uh, Oshie. Although we did mention that, remember last year especially, without Oshie, they weren't good at all, Washington. They had a terrible record without T.J. Oshie. This year when he's been out, they've been better without him. You know, they haven't been as bad when T.J. Oshie's missed time. But certainly if it is Oshie and O, if, as Craig Lachlan would say, if they're both out of the lineup for the Capitals tonight in this game, O.B. and Oshie, Joe B., I think going to be trouble here to get that puck moving up the ice and get that big power play going in this game, Joe B. I love doing that Craig Lachlan impression. The longtime, of course, television analyst of the uh, Washington Capitals. But, uh, yeah, no doubt um, if they have both Ovechkin and Ovi uh, out of the uh, lineup here for uh, Washington, will hurt. But I think Ovechkin's going to end up playing uh, when it's uh, all said and done uh, going into this game tonight against the uh, Avalanche. All right. Final game, and uh, believe it or not, this is a shit show with these two teams because they're both they both suck this year. Yet this is a this is a <laughs> sick in the head to say it, but this is actually a very intriguing hockey game tonight based on the circumstances. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks taking on the Vancouver Canucks. The Canucks head coaching debut of Rick Tockett, who leaves the TNT studio uh, and uh, ends up going 
to take over a gig that uh, I wouldn't envy him, but uh, here he is in Vancouver and now making his debut at behind the bench as head coach of the Vancouver Canucks. We've got Vancouver minus 230, uh, home favorites, six and a half being the total in this game. I don't care what the situation is. There's no way I'm laying minus 230 with Vancouver. No way. It's just not happening. Uh, there's no way I'm interested in doing that shit. No, no way at all. Um, this is not the same situation, in my opinion, that you would normally see for a struggling team that just made a coaching change and they bring in the new head coach. And oftentimes it's a bet on situation. It's a bet on angle. First game with the new head coach. They're fired up. They play their asses off. They play a great game and they win. And you bet on them. Period. Case closed. This is not that same thing. Bruce Boudreaux was beloved. He got absolutely railroaded by this franchise in a despicable act of cruelty and lack of compassion and concern for what they put this guy through. And the players definitely felt horrible for Bruce. Awful about it. And if you read anything about Vancouver, who, by the way, are playing terrible hockey, let's point that out as well. Not only, you know, minus 230 favorites in this game, but you're laying a price with a, of that magnitude with a team that's got a grand total of one win in their last eight games, uh, one and seven in their last eight games, and they haven't won a single game yet on this homestand, albeit Tampa, Colorado, and Edmonton's a pretty tough trifecta. But nevertheless, I mean, you're going to still lay minus 230. And if you read anything coming out of the Vancouver beat writers and the reporters and about the scenes in the Canucks dressing room following the game against Edmonton, which ended up being Bruce Boudreaux's final game as head coach of Vancouver behind the bench. It was a emotional scene. They were uh, apparently the players were uh, overcome with emotion. It's almost like someone died. Honestly, the, the apparently the mood in the dressing room after the Edmonton game, because this notion that, you know, they quit on Boudreaux is ridiculous. That's sometimes that's the case. That's not the case here. They love Bruce Boudreaux. They love him as a coach. They love him as a person. The way he treated them, he was always honest with them. Whenever he had something to say and he was going to you know, move someone down the lineup or whatever, he was a great communicator in that regard. There were descriptions of the scenes in the dressing room after the Edmonton game where Bruce is saying his goodbye uh, to the uh, team and the players where players are weeping, crying, breaking down emotionally. One quote was, sobbing uncontrollably about one of the you know premier players on this Canucks team. They didn't mention who it was in the in the article, but they mentioned sobbing in uncontrollably. That was the scene after Bruce was um saying his goodbyes there uh, on Saturday night. So you've got a team that's crestfallen, heartbroken, gut-wrenched, that's gone through I think a lot of emotions too, maybe not so much as Bruce, who actually, you know, it was obviously his situation, not the players, but players felt for him, felt bad for him, you know, and it's not a matter of they quit on Bruce Boudreaux. They just suck. They're not good. They're a bad hockey team. So it's not that they, they're losing because they want the coach out of there. They're losing because they're a bad hockey team. They're a poorly constructed roster. They're a poorly constructed hockey team. It's been butchered for years now, this Canucks team, in terms of how it's been put together. Uh, I'll, I'll just a uh, prime evidence of that is signing Oliver uh, Ekman Larson, Lawson Tossum, as Don Cherry calls him, that ridiculous contract uh, way past his best days. And he has just been a disaster for Vancouver. The whole blue line, I mean, has struggled this year uh, in their own end. 
uh, when Luke Shen's been your best defenseman at times, you got issues. But this was a team that didn't quit on the coach or they, they didn't want the coach to get axed. And they, it's not like, oh, we're sucking and we're losing games because we want the coach out of here. We've tuned out the coach. We're not listening to his messages anymore. That's bullshit. That's, that's horse shit. That's a crock of bull. As far, that's a load of BS. That didn't happen. That's not the way it was. It's just they suck. All right. They wanted a win for Bruce. They tried hard for Bruce. They just sucked. They couldn't overcome the bad hockey. That's why uh, the loss is mounted, not because of anything to do with the coach, in my opinion, at all. So this is a team that's actually, I think it's usually you would say new coach coming in. Everybody's fired up. I don't know. I think there's a little bit of an emotional hangover possibly for Vancouver tonight after everything that they just went through uh, involving uh, Bruce Boudreaux. And, you know, maybe it's going to take time to warm up to Rick Tockett. They, they don't know how this is going to go uh, necessarily. So uh, just out of principle, you know, I have to take a shot with the Chicago Blackhawks at this price. And not to mention a Chicago team that's six and two in their last eight games. You know, we uh, yeah, they finally had a uh, the win streak snap, the modest win streak snapped against L.A. Uh, on Sunday night in a two to one home loss to the Kings. But they didn't play terribly. They were right in the hockey game. Um, it, to me, this is just a price you can't lay with Vancouver with everything going on. They're, they're playing awful. Uh, they're losing games left and right. And you just don't know what they're going to how they're going to come out in this game. I don't know that anyone's saying that they know how Vancouver is going to respond tonight. They're they're lying. They don't have any clue. I don't know any more about how this team is going to come out and play tonight than Jim Rutherford and the and the bunch of donies in the management group. They probably don't have a clue either uh, tonight uh, in this game, how this team is going to respond to everything that's gone on. Uh, this is just a, one of those games you absolutely want to look and wait and see, watch the opening period, watch the first 10 minutes and see how things go. Uh, for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. But this is not one of those surefire slam dunk. Let's do the old bet on the team after the coach gets fired angle and the new guy takes over because they're going to bring it and they're going to win and they're going to dominate there. This is this is that one situation that it's not so easy and so cut and dried that it's going to go that way with everything that just went down with Bruce Boudreaux. So I'm looking at this here as Chicago or pass clearly at this price plus one ninety. It's it's Chicago, and I don't want any part of Vancouver in this kind of favorite price range. They suck. They're playing horrible hockey. Uh, the goaltending's not good enough, regardless of whether it's Spencer Martin or tonight's starter, Colin Delia, who will be playing his old team. So maybe, you know, there's a little angle there that does help Vancouver, is that Colin Delia, who's going to start in this game, used to be with the Chicago Blackhawks organization. But uh, that doesn't trump or, and overcome the fact that this team is laying a ridiculous price that I want no part of. Simple as that. Uh, what do you think here, Mikey, Chicago and Vancouver? Yeah, you're spot on with everything you just said, Ian. Um, it's scary to me that the brass, the top officials in Vancouver organization think this is a coaching problem. Bruce Pedrosa has done nothing but win every stop in the NHL in his coaching career. Washington, 201 and 88. With Anaheim, 208 and 104. With Minnesota, 158 and 110. And with Vancouver, 50 and 40. Winner, 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 everywhere he's gone. So for Vancouver to think this is a coaching problem, it's scary that these people are in charge of making these um, high-end decisions. Now Vancouver's paying three separate coaches over $7 million a year. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, I kind of disagree with you on a side perspective i do agree washington is I'm, I'm sorry vancouver you can't lay this price with vancouver but this was a calculated decision to
to let Bruce Boudreaux go two days ago. Because this has been in the works since Christmas time, in my opinion. Look at the January schedule for Vancouver. It was the Islanders, the Avalanche, the Jets, Penguins, Lightning, Panthers, Hurricanes, Lightning, Avalanche, Oilers. I mean, murderers row for Vancouver in January. Now they're going to get the Blackhawks, a good Kraken team, followed by the Blue Jackets. Listen, Tockett's a no-nonsense guy, not a lot of smiles, not a lot of joking around. I get those. that team is not happy that Bruce Pedrol left, but Tockett's a no-nonsense guy. So as bad as Vancouver has looked, I'm backing them in the first period minus a half at plus 130 and i'm taking them in regulation at minus 138 i do think they get the w tonight all right there you go i might keep thinking that hey they will show up again i to me it's a big fat question mark i have no yeah. no clue uh if, 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 what how this team is going to come out tonight none zero i have no idea that's why it makes it a fascinating uh, watch tonight here uh, in this uh, first period uh, how this team is going to respond because they've been through the emotional grinder uh, if you will uh, the last uh, several uh, games, and plus they uh, obviously haven't played well. Now, as far as the total goes, look, I've been riding Vancouver overs. Everybody knows that, and they've been so good in terms of uh, profiting with these overs. But Rick Tockett's coming in here, and if anyone knows Rick Tockett back when he coached Tampa Bay, remember he coached Tampa Bay as, as head coach there before Cooper took over. Remember, that was his first gig. And then, of course, Arizona uh, for many years after that. He's a defense-first player. You know, that that's what he's looking for. He, he's going to look to try to tighten this ship defensively a little bit. And look, they need it desperately. I don't think they have the personnel to play strong team defense anyway. But damn, he's going to try to an, at least instill a system that's going to make it more uh, possible for this team to be a halfway decent defensive hockey team. Now, it's going to obviously take time. But uh, for that reason, I think that's where his focus is going to be. And that, from what I've read, that's where his focus has been here in these first couple days that he's been running practice uh, for the Vancouver Canucks since the hiring. So uh, for that reason, I'm off the total tonight. I want to, again, they might see a little bit more of a tight, conservative defensive approach. We'll have to wait and see. But again, they just don't have the personnel to be a good defensive team. But doesn't mean for at least a game or two with the new coach that, you know, he'll harp on defense and being better in, in, in your own end. And maybe they'll try to play that way, at least initially. So uh, be careful with the total here. As much as I've been on these Vancouver overs, I'm pumping the brakes on it a little bit uh, here tonight with their game against Chicago. All right, there you go. That's the Tuesday card. Great analysis. We thank uh, Mikey, of course, for joining us here as our guest filling in for Alex B. Smith. A reminder, we've got the BetCast, 7 p.m. Eastern tonight. DM me if you want to join us on the BetCast, and we'll make sure we send you the link so you can join us on the stream at some point tonight. And when I say send the link, there's still people that think if I send you the link, you've got to be on for the entire BetCast. Of course you don't. You, you just join us for whenever you want. You could join us at the beginning. You could join us at 8 p.m., 9 p.m., middle of the BetCast, middle of the evening. And you only need to stay for, you know, hell, you could stay for five minutes if you want. You could just come on, say hi, and love the show, and leave us some nice comments like someone did in the, one of the recent BetCasts we had. You don't have to stay for long. Uh, it's whatever you want. It's however long you want. That's the way it is. It's an open door policy. Come and come and go as you please. Uh, every uh, every bet cast. So uh, that's the way it works. And uh, so if you're interested, uh, send a DM. And uh, if you want to join us on the bet cast, and I will make sure to uh, get it to you before we start at 7 p.m. Eastern time tonight. All right, Mikey and I will be back to give us give you guys our best bets, and we'll do that in just a second, right after we hear from Manscaped. 
Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, our good friends at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, courtesy of the Ice Guys. Get 20% off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code Ice Guys. That's promo code Ice Guys, all one word, I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve with manscaped.com using the promo code Ice Guys. You get the performance package 4.0. It is a game changer. The Lawnmower 4.0. It takes care of this, among other things. Uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be. Uh, the lawnmower 4.0 waterproof same thing with the weed whacker which takes care of your ear hair nose hair i mean nose hair in particular you know i'm getting up there in age and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue this will take care of it it feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes it pisses the hell out of me it bothers me i need to take care of that shit this will take care of it for you the weed whacker uh, make uh, part of the package that you get with your Manscaped purchase and the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You also get the ball toner. You also get the ball deodorant. Keep you uh, smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions. This package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better. Slim, trim, that's what it's all about. And Manscaped.com can help you out with that so make sure you take advantage of this manscape.com get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code ice guys at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use the promo code ice guys unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped All right, we're back here on the ice, guys, and it is time for Best Bets to wrap up this Tuesday edition of the show, although we're back again for our live BetCast later tonight. And our guest on the show here today will also be part of that BetCast tonight. Mikey, what do you like for Best Bet? Best Bet, I'm going with Boston Moneyline plus the over 5.5 in the Buffalo-St. Louis game at minus 110. All right, there you go. So that is a cross-game parlay, if you will. Boston money line combined with Buffalo St. Louis over five and a half uh, for Mikey there uh, with that uh, as his best bet for this Tuesday uh, NHL card. Uh, my best bet for this Tuesday slate, we cashed in last night with Panthers and Rangers uh, over the total. Uh, pretty good look there as far as that goes. This game tonight, best bet. Uh, I'm going to go to that Minnesota-Tampa Bay game. I'm going to go with that first period puck line on the Lightning. Minus a half, great price plus 140 or so uh, with the uh, Lightning, minus a half, plus 140. I think it's a great price, great situation. Off two losses to end that road trip in Alberta, the very same situation we saw for Tampa Bay when they returned home from their last road trip where they lost at Minnesota, the team they're playing tonight, and Winnipeg to end that trip. Came back home against Columbus, and they weren't screwing around in the first period. In the first 20 minutes, they were dialed in. They were ready to go. Lightning minus a half plus 140 first period puck line tonight against the wild. Uh, that'll be my best bet for this. 
Tuesday NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone uh, in the uh, chat for joining us. And a reminder, uh, hit the like button as well. And a reminder, the BetCast, 7 p.m. Eastern tonight. Send a DM if you want to join us for it. And patreon.com slash iceguys, $10 a month. Make sure you sign up and subscribe. Uh, power ratings, totals charts, goalie charts, uh, daily Ice Guys show betting card, and more. Lots of bonus content coming after the end of the football season as well. So make sure you sign up, become a Patreon Ice Guys member, patreon.com slash Ice Guys, just $10 a month. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Mikey, who will be with us on the BetCast tonight, we hope all of you are with us as well tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern for the live BetCast. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday. We'll see you tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, for the Ice Guys live BetCast right here, presented by National Hockey Now. (laughs) 